This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. This is Double Tap Canada from AMI Audio, the place where blind people talk tech. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It is I, Stephen Scott, back with you again. Sean Priest is here. Hello, Sean. Hello, Stephen. How are you? I think I'm going a bit delirious, if I'm honest. Me too. It's good, isn't it? Do you know I am (laughs) sick hearing about coronavirus? I know it's serious. I know it's really important. Don't mention it. Don't mention it. Why? Keep calm and carry on. Right. Okay. Tim Schwartz is here. Hi, Tim. Hello, I am here, oh. all the way from the Americas, from lifeafterberlinus.com. Talking me. about being delirious, what's going on with this accent? I don't know, don't ask. Well, where oh, am what I? is that? Been around you people too long, I don't know. I think we've all got some problems this week, if I'm honest with you. I, I don't know, I'm a bit delirious this week. Hmm. I, I just feel there's been so much news about, you know, that thing, and I'm just like, I, I just, I can't take any more. I just need to talk about something else. So, you know, thankfully, we've got this little show here all about technology. <laughs> so this week, for a change, we're actually going to talk about technology. Well, um, hang on. I mean, you say that, Stephen, but, you know, let me just say, for legal reasons, there's no guarantee that we're going to stay just on the topic of tech. We could stray off into other fields, probably food knowing us. Yeah. Yes. Or a combination right. of. Yes, exactly. Uh, look, we're going to talk about CSUN. It's happening. Uh, as we speak, as we uh, go to air on our first play on AMI Audio, and uh, if you listen to us in the podcast, it, it happened um, beforehand. Uh, well done, Stephen. <laughs> best way to put it. Yeah, I think that covers all bases, I doesn't think so. it? Uh, and if you're listening to the repeat, then um, Merry Christmas. So, yeah, anyway. Uh, CSUN's happening. We're going to be hearing from JJ Meadow. He is one of the uh, people behind BlindBargains.com. Great podcast. And uh, every year, it seems, we ask him to appear somewhere, usually uh, in a conference centre. And for some odd reason, only known to him, does he appear with a duvet over his head and uh, proceeds to broadcast for us. I don't know if he's doing that this year. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, JJ is... um, there at CSUN for us. He's going to be talking to us soon. Uh, we're also going to check in with your emails as well. And Sean, you're talking about video magnifiers as part of your high-speed how-to this week. Is that right? I am, because if you've got low vision, they can be incredibly useful. And there's one already there on your iPhone or iPad right now. Ooh. I know, built into iOS. Amazing. Of course yeah. it is. <laughs> well, it would never be about Android, would it? Uh, right, let's move on then, because uh, our first topic this week is all about Ira. Now, look, um, being in the UK, just saying we don't really get much time to spend with uh, Ira. No. They so, hate us. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so, uh, yeah, we don't get much of a chance to, to talk about it or use it. I mean, we can if you've already signed up, or you had signed up, I should say, then you could use it in the UK uh, for five minutes. You get five minutes free calling, and that does apply to those who've already signed up. But it seems as though they've already closed the door on any new people registering in the UK. So I don't know what that means long term, but in the US and Canada... It is very much uh, up and running and uh, very much part of the fabric of a lot of blind people's lives. Tim, for you, you're still using Ira, yeah? You know what? To be very honest, I I, I use it sparingly. I do not subscribe to any of their current packages anymore. (gasps) What? Well, ever since they did the five minutes free calling... And then there's so many different, uh, you know, locations you can use Ira in. So now they they've recently had a uh, a partnership with the the retail store called Target mm-hmm. here in America and uh, and Canada. And so if I were to go to Target, I could use it for free. Our local airport, it's free. Uh, the local Walgreens pharmacy is free. And then you get those free five minutes per call. And that combined with be my eyes or FaceTiming somebody else. I'm more than satisfied. And then add in, you know, Microsoft Seeing AI or Envision AI. Cheap. I, I, no, I was thinking I just, that as well, yeah. Freeloader. I really don't feel mm. that there's very rarely any time that I need more than five minutes of their time to to actually use the service. But that said, it doesn't take away from the fact that it is a really good service. They, as we've talked about before, have trained uh, agents that can talk with you and, and, and are really, really good at what they do. But here, here's the trick. In the last several months, they've had quite a few employee layoffs. Their CEO and president, uh, um, oh, I always mess up his name, Suman Kanyuganti. There it is. I got it. Um, oh, you did mess it up. Yeah. I did not mess it up. Okay. Okay. Anyway, we'll uh, 
Suman Kanyuganti is his name. Yeah. Anyway, he uh, he is no longer the president and CEO of Ira. They have new people in place there, and Ira has actually been. Do we call it a takeover or a merger? I don't. I don't know that anybody really knows what to call this right now. But uh, an investment, investment. That's what I thought. It's an investment investment. group that is now the majority shareholder. We'll put it that way. Or the majority owner of Ira, and that's Blue Diego Investment Group. They are now the the controlling uh, entity behind Ira. They've also discontinued their support for the Horizon glasses. Now, I know they say that some of that is because the hardware is no longer supported. You can't get firmware updates for the Samsung phone that it had to be tethered to all the time. And so, you know, between firmware updates and things, it just wasn't going to be easily upgradable. And they even say that the users had kind of a a mixed, uh, you know, a mixed reaction to using Horizon glasses, which... That's the part that I question because having your hands free and having a camera within glasses, I would think would be fantastic. But as we've talked about, the problem with the Horizon glasses is that it had a wire coming off the side to that Samsung phone that they would have to give you. And then that, of course, had the Bluetooth to your iPhone. So that was probably more the problem than just having glasses with a camera. But either way, there's a lot mm. of things going on with Ira, a big shakeup from literally the top down. Like I said, a lot of employees are, are no longer there. They've had to the, the shift a lot of their departments and, and different uh, you know areas it. of it. So why? No, stop it. No, stop it. I can't bear it any longer. Oh. Yes, there has been a lot of changes, the investment and all that, but I honestly don't care. Maybe it's going to be for the better. Maybe it's there's warning signs. I don't know. But when it comes down to this recent news, I think this is massive. The fact that they've said, okay, we're dumping this. From the 1st of April, no one who uses the uh, Horizon system can use it, can make a call from that. And... I mean, how do people feel about that? I mean, I I think it was a terrible system. I think maybe people got their hopes up a little bit. I don't know how much of that is down to Ira's PR themselves or marketing. But what people want is exactly that, a pair of glasses that connects uh, using the tether wire. I, I don't know about that. But the entire system, having to use the Samsung J7 phone, it, it was clunky. It didn't work well. And people didn't like it. It just... It just wasn't what people wanted. Well, so that's I the can thing. Yeah, it makes sense. I can understand why they've done it. But I don't well, know. I think I think it was a bad move in the first place to even release it, to be honest. Well, I can't disagree with that. And if there isn't going to be a firmware upgrade for Horizon anymore, then it doesn't really matter what their users thought about it because they're not going to be able to upgrade it anymore anyway. So at this point, they almost have to discontinue it. But if there were mixed feelings, and, and I agree with that, I, I wasn't really excited about the Horizon glasses either because of the tethered nature and using a separate phone and all of that. I can completely understand where people are coming from with that. I would hope it to be changed in the future where it's combined with something like what um, you know other companies are doing like Envision AI and and uh, you know what we're seeing with other companies making something like this available in just regular you know smart glasses and uh, you know of course Apple hasn't come out with one yet yet but they will yet um, but there's several several companies that are going to though can I ask a, a stupid question? And a, I don't want in any way for you to think I'm asking this from the point of view of a tight Scottish person. But I am going to ask it from that point of view. Uh, <laughs> did, did you pay for the Horizon glasses? Did you pay good money for them? A person would have. I did not actually have the Horizon glasses most recently. I've used them. I've tried other people so that I could understand what they were like. I had the original glasses whose name is escaping me. I can't remember what they were called. I can't remember them either. Yeah, it's been such a long time. But I I have used the Horizon glasses. I was not all that impressed with the idea of the tether and all that like we talked about. But that is one thing here, and I don't know – if this is good or bad for those people, some people, if they want, they can send those back with, with the Samsung phone or they can talk with Ira and you can actually go ahead and keep them. Uh, they've unlocked them, I guess, and you can and keep them. And I what guess would you do okay. with them, though? Well, that's the thing. If, if it's, unlo- yeah, if it's yeah. unlocked to a point where you could use it with other apps, I, I guess that's okay. But I guess I'm just I thinking how that that's they, possible. I'm just thinking, have people bought something, in essence, thinking this is going to be an investment in a really good product and then now... That product is has been shelved. 
and even support and usage of that product has been shelved, which means they've now got something that they have to send back, and do they get a refund on that? I'm just I'm just wondering from that point of view. Yeah, they they would. I believe that if you send it back, you are getting some some sort of a refund. You can choose to go ahead and keep it, and there isn't any additional charge that you have to to take care of to keep them. But again, what are you really going to do with them? Because the other problem was is that the, to have the Horizon glasses, you had to pay an additional fee monthly over your standard you know fee for your minutes in order to, quote, rent those glasses. And so now that they're discontinuing it and they're letting you keep them, well, that's great. But as we said, well, I don't know what you're going to do with them, yeah. but they don't really want them back either because they're so not going to use them. What does this do them. to the service itself? Does it mean that you have to use your phone camera now to... Uh, to essentially have the agent see out of the, you know, uh, I guess, see what you're seeing. Yeah, at this point, you are limited to just the camera on your phone. Now, I've heard a lot of people with iPhone 11s that say with that uh, wider angle camera of the iPhone 11, that's fantastic because the agent can see such a wider field of view. But any camera that you've got on your phone is going to be just fine. And that that's the limitation, though, at this point, is you will have to hold your phone up or you know put it in some sort of lanyard or something so that they can see what's in front of you. And they are, as they say, you know, actively looking into other solutions for this. So looking at partnering with other companies that might have smart classes or things that might come out in the future, looking for something new going forward. That's and, sensible. And they, yeah, no, well, that makes sense, yes. Um, so they've been asking their their users, you know, what what would you like to see us do? You know, what, 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 what would you like to see this go next? But at the moment, yeah, the only solution for it is just using your phone, which... I can understand that's fine, but then if you're a person with a guide dog or a cane, and then say you're at the airport and you've got luggage, you know you're not hands free. You you don't have a third hand mm. to be able to hold up your phone. So no, because hang on, look, this is how Ira was introduced. You just using the phone camera, but with um, the problems we were that all they loving it and other... praising it, right? No, no, yeah, but I mean, you know, the, these limitations of using the phone camera, as in, you know, if you've got to place it somewhere and position it, was something that we all knew about. And obviously, we were all looking to the future of this. Okay, this will be great when we've got some wearable camera that we can use. Um, well, that initial use case. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that, you know, let's not say, yeah, oh, now hang it's on, Hang on, Sean. No, no, no. That makes well, no sense. That's like bad. saying, well, you know, the horse and buggy was sold on the basis of there was a horse and a buggy, and the horse would pull the buggy along. And then yes. when the first car came along, they were like, hang on a minute, where's the horse? I, I want the horse back. That makes no, absolutely no sense. I'm not even going to acknowledge sense. it. But no, that makes absolutely no sense. <sighs> Look. Boy. In the sense of there's a promise of something as a result of this. It was, as you say, introduced with the phone camera. But now they've actually added the glasses capability. Um, Now they're taking that away. It just feels, I guess, like a backward step. They tried. They tried to add it, and it didn't work. That whole system didn't work. And look, let me say something as well. In this announcement that they made on their new section of their website, they said there was a, a few reasons for this. And the first one they gave was that the... It's it's strangely worded, but it was something like unable to update the app on the Samsung J7 phone anymore, the Ira app. So you get a Samsung J7 phone, which has been, you can't use the screen or anything. It's been totally taken over by a custom Ira app. It makes it very easy to use. Yeah, exactly. That's right. So, but to say that, oh, you know, it was almost pointing that it's because of Samsung and this phone that we can't update it. Now, I'm not buying that. If they wanted to, they could put the work into that program to update and keep keep going. I just think the user base isn't there. I don't think this system is what people want. Well, and that's what some of the kind of, you know, whispered discussion has been that I've heard is that they're saying, well, it's because we can't upgrade the firmware for the glasses and the Samsung phone is no longer supported and we can't update it. But is it really as much that as it is the user base just didn't like it? They didn't like being tethered to these big clunky glasses with this phone that they then also had to uh, you know, connect over to their iPhone. It, it just wasn't maybe the best solution. And I can get that. And a lot of people have walked away from it, like myself, when you had to you know, pay that extra, I think it was like 20 or $30 on top of your monthly fee to rent the glasses. And again, the $5 thing was probably the best thing they could have ever done. I'm sorry, not $5, five-minute thing. The five-minute uh, you know, option they put out last fall 
it was the best thing they could have ever done and maybe one of the worst because a lot of people are finding, well, I can do most tasks in less than five minutes. <laughs> what do I need to spend $30 or $100 or more for when I just need to look at a can or a box or a letter, which again, you've got other you know, AI type of apps that can do that. But if you want the human touch, you can do that in less than five minutes. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where they go with this. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean, the the I know you were downplaying a lot of the moving parts at the company, Sean. But when any company does a big, huge change like that, not just the CEO and president, but so many employees getting shuffled around and being let go, and mm. then the glasses aren't supported and they can't upgrade the hardware, and this is a lot to happen in a very short period of time for any company. And it, it just makes you just, you know, just kind of wonder. And also, it's a very expensive product. It's That's a considered thing as well. And also... Well, not for Tim, it's not. Well, not clearly not for Tim. But, you know, and that actually might have been a bit of a, a problem because a lot of people might have thought, like you, Tim, well, do I really need to spend, spend the money on a subscription for this? So subscriptions may have gone down as a result of that as well. Obviously, huge costs to develop all of this hardware and software. Uh, and doing that with a niche market, which is what this is. Yes, but we're always niche. I don't want to be niche anymore. Um, let me just say this, Tim. When it comes to the organisational and the structure changes at IRA, um, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a negative. You know, taking stock of where you're at and seeing where your resources are best placed and where you're lacking, it could end up in a far better service. So I'm not particularly worried by that. I don't see any warning signs. And as for the Horizon system itself, I think dumping it is actually a good idea. Why waste time and resources on it when it, it's not something that the customers actually want, you know? So, yeah, I, I don't think Ira's handled this particularly badly. They've allowed people to keep the hardware. You can use that smartphone as a smartphone once you fact factory reset it. Um, for people that bought the system outright, you know, Ira are getting in contact with them to sort out a refund or compensation for that, whatever they want to do. So I'm not saying that these things aren't important or Horizon users might not be disappointed, but overall, it might not actually be as bad or a negative to the service. It might make this better. Um, also, let me say, I did reach out to Ira and contacted them to see if they had a comment on this, but I got no response. So if anyone from Ira is listening, obviously, we'd love to have you on. Yeah. Anyway, we shall watch with interest because uh, it isn't a developing story. We'll follow it here on uh, Double Tap, certainly for sure. But uh, for now, let's talk about CSUN, because uh, it's happening this week, although there was a lot of question marks about whether or not it would happen or not mm. as a result of uh, the coronavirus. So we are going to talk to JJ Meadow now from uh, blindbargains.com. He's here to tell us all about uh, CSUN, who has managed to turn up, who hasn't. Let's uh, speak to him now. JJ, Hello. Hey, how's it going? It's a little quieter here, but we're still having a lot of fun in uh, Anaheim. Yeah, so let's talk about that. Uh, first things first, uh, CSUN, of course, affected by coronavirus in some respects. A lot of the companies pulling out, JJ. Uh, who's there? Who isn't there? That's maybe the bigger question. So it honestly seems to be a bit of a divide. A lot of the what we would call mainstream companies, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, all pulled out. Uh, they have company policies in place. They have procedure. A lot of the co smaller companies decided to stay in. And, you know, part of it might have been financial for a smaller company, you know, or an AT company. This is their biggest show of the year. And they might be here with a limited presence, but they definitely decided they still wanted to show up. Now, they're all taking precautions. There's lots of wipes and other things running around all over the place. Uh, and the exhibit hall is definitely a lot quieter. But I am so glad to be here because there's lots of interesting new things, especially a lot of Braille. Yeah, let's talk about Braille, because one of the things that uh, certainly stood out to me instantly from CSUN was the Orbit Writer. This is the companion for your smartphone, and uh, Orbit uh, Research are showing this at CSUN. It's just being announced here. You can pre-order it now. Tell us about it. You've just had your hands on it. Yes, I was just able to uh, take a, a feel, I guess, at that. Uh, just a minute ago, $99. I'm leading with the price because I think that's about the price point you need for a, a little Braille uh, keyboard like that. It's essentially a Bluetooth keyboard, but in Braille format. Now, there's nothing... Uh, this, they're not the first one to try something like this. There was uh, Harpo several years ago had a thing called the Braille Pen Slim. And it was a similar design that you input Braille, but it was 300 bucks. 
also really out of the price range for what this thing should cost. So it looks just like a tiny little Braille keyboard minus the display. You can type in uh, in six dot Braille, and it will interface with practically any phone or computer that's out there. Wow, I mean, it definitely is the price point of this that's the game changer. I think ninety nine dollars. It just changes everything, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, it, it's light. You can easily put it in a pocket. So you could carry your iPhone in that and not have to carry around a larger Bluetooth keyboard, braille display, or a laptop, and you could easily type notes on it uh, you know, using a braille, a braille keyboard. Absolutely. And did I hear you right there? So it's not just for a smartphone or tablet. You can use this on a computer as well. Yeah, anything that works with Bluetooth would work fine. So you could use it with a computer as well. Um, they already have drivers that were written for the Orbit Reader for screen readers. So they're just going to use those existing drivers. So it's already plug and play. It should work with Windows or Mac or whatever else is out there. I really love the small form factor of that. The price, I mean, you can't get past the price. It's just so amazing for that. It makes me want to continue my Braille courses. I may have to just dive back in again. It's about time, Tim. Come on. I know. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But this this is up for pre-order on the Orbit Research website and uh, no doubt local uh, distributors as well. CNIB will uh, no doubt be carrying this in their store as well. $99 is not to be sniffed at. And JJ, interestingly, it's not just this new Orbit Writer that is out there, the smartphone companion. Uh, we're also seeing on pre-order a new uh, Orbit Reader 20 Plus and also a 40 cell uh, as well, uh, Orbit Display. Yes, those are both on the table as well. So the 20 Plus is a 20, Orbit Reader 20. Remember how they raised the price of the Orbit? Uh, it kind of kept edging up to about $700. So what they pretty much did now is try to justify that price point. They added a couple extra features onboard translation, a clock, a calendar, things like that. So the price remains at $699, but they've updated essentially the software and added a few extra features. And apparently there will be an upgrade path for Orbit Reader 20 uh, purchasers. The 40 at $1399 US is very intriguing to me. It, um, it does have cursor routing where the 20 does not. Uh, the keys on it are a little bigger than the keys that are on the 20 and the writer. Um, it refreshes just as fast as the 20, so it doesn't take twice as long to refresh. That was the thing I was looking to see. Um, and it will have the same software and apparently audio support as well, which uh, I, I need to figure out if they're gonna if that's actually fleshed out yet or if that's for future development. But yeah, they seem to be taking pre-orders for a, a lot of these things, and they're even showing their graffiti, which is not cheap, but at least they're, they're they haven't let that go yet. The, the full screen graphics tablet. And you mentioned audio, also haptic output on that device as well. That's interesting. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how that works. I see a lot of haptic implementations that are just a waste of time and battery, but uh, there might be some good ways to make that work. Right. What else is there? What else have you been aware of at CSUN this year, despite uh, a lot of the companies not being there, uh, a lot of the big, big boys being there, if you like? Well, the exhibit hall just opened today, so we're still kind of taking in what's available. There does appear to be some more Braille things. There was stuff announced in Florida at the ATIA conference in January, which we covered on Blind Bargains. A couple of new displays from APH and Humanware, uh, one called the Mantis and one called the Chameleon. So those are definitely being shown here, along with a couple other companies that are also doing uh, Braille stuff. There's supposed to be something at the HIMS booth. Uh, that is another company that has a new tech braille technology. So like I said, the exhibit hall just opened as we're recording this about an hour ago. I know there's going to be more things to see. We're just going to focus more on the AT this year instead of focusing on the, uh, the mainstream stuff. Okay, JJ, it's obviously a really interesting event. Um, I know you obviously go along there to find out the very latest in tech. Uh, you know, we're talking Braille here as, you know, being the kind of major driver so far anyway of what we're seeing at the exhibition, some really interesting new products. I guess the future for Braille is bright. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, we had the, uh, the Canute, which has been shown here for three or four years, finally uh, available for shipping starting in the UK, now here in the US as well. There are other new and innovative braille products the price points are coming down even the the traditional braille display technology the price points are coming down so there are a lot of interesting developments and it's definitely exciting time for braille well that's competition for you and i think orbit research have really shaken things up and made a difference yeah, absolutely you, i'll have you know uh, i think a food person just walked past me and i had to ignore oh, them because i was doing this interview so I mean, the price Ooh, would pay. steven would never ever <laughs> yeah. ignore the food person <laughs> 
Uh, now, listen, you're going to have you're going to have lots of uh, news, obviously, about what's happening on your podcast, Blind Bargains. How can people find that? Absolutely. So you can go to blindbargains.com. You can go to the audio tab. That's where all of our interviews from CSUN will be in both audio and text transcript form. Um, they will be there. You can also download the Blind Bargains apps for iOS or Android or search for us on your podcatcher of choice. JJ, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much. I'll have some food for you. <laughs> oh, you're so kind. Thanks. No problem. Thanks, JJ. Really interesting to hear from JJ there and in particular to hear about Orbit Research bringing out these new Braille displays. I'm not overly surprised about the 40-cell Braille display. Mm. I was kind of expecting... Perhaps. I was expecting that, to be honest. <laughs> we have been hearing lots of rumours about that kind of thing coming along, but the writer, I think, for smartphones, that is a really, really smart device to bring out, especially right now. And at that price point, they are going to sell like hotcakes. If you're looking for something to buy your loved one for a birthday or for a Christmas present, you found it. Uh, because that is that is a brilliant, brilliant product. And I am guessing that Sean and I are going to have one of those in the next few weeks, months, maybe, however long it takes to get them. And Tim is probably going to have them definitely within months. <laughs> yeah, I'm just guessing. Uh, look, Orbit Research, I just smashed it again. Uh, a device like this, which is something that a lot of people have asked for, and at this price point of $99, amazing! It, it's just so good. And, you know, updating the Orbit Reader 20, which was in itself an incredibly popular device, you know, that's another great move. And the 40-cell version, um, I don't know, I'm going to be interested to see how popular that does get, because you're moving away from that... Um, affordable in air quotes bracket that Orbit are so famous for um, you know once you move to above the thousand dollar mark how much is that going to going to affect the popularity of a product but yeah I'm not sure how does this compare to other 40 cell devices well um, so it's an interesting one with the Orbit right so I've tried the Orbit um, the only thing I had against it well, actually, two things I had against it. One was the, the noise of it. It's quite a noisy device to use. Not ideal for this kind of job. Uh, whereas my little Focus 14 is very quiet. I can use it while I'm on air and it doesn't... You wouldn't know I'm using it. Whereas the, the refreshable Braille display on the Orbit Reader 20 is quite noisy. That may have changed. But one of the things that they sell this product on is what's called signage uh, standard Braille. So that the quality of the Braille is, is signage standard. standard. So... What that means is that as you run your finger along, it's really, really sharp. It's really clear. Now, that can be good for short bursts of reading. For long reading sessions, that can be more difficult because it could be more sore in your finger. So that's one. That's that's the kind of things about it I'm not overly sure about. But at the same token, uh, it's a very good Braille display. And if you actually have got issues with sensitivity, uh, as a lot of people who are older are coming to Braille will m- maybe have, a device like this might be really good for you. Um, So, yes, you've got this Orbit Reader 20 Plus, like I was saying, and you've got this new uh, Orbit Reader 40 Braille display and note taker as well. And now the new Orbit Writer smartphone companion, uh, which I've got to say, I uh, I just want I'm one. I'm so impressed. <laughs> one of those yeah. right now. And the fact that it's actually, okay, here's a device, and you can buy it now. That's that's a big thing in the the world of Braille. I've not been excited about <laughs> a, a blind product in a long time. And no, exactly. Th- this is it for sure. Anyway, uh, we've got lots more to talk about on the show. We have got your emails coming up. Mark Flalo from uh, Double Tap TV is going to join us for that, and also we are going to have another high speed how to. Sean, what are you going to be telling us about next? I'm going to be talking about the iOS video magnifier that comes with every iPhone and iPad. You don't have to buy anything. Wow! I know. Well, all that to come on uh, Double Tap Canada. Remember, if you want to get in touch, please do. Here's the details. Hey, Double Tappers, get in touch with the show by emailing feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at Double Tap Canada. This is Double Tap Canada from AMI-audio. Get in touch. We'll be uh, getting into your emails shortly. But first, Sean Priest. This is a high-speed how-to on using your iPad or iPhone as a video magnifier. Let's go! What is it? Way back in iOS 10, Apple added the magnifier feature. Once enabled, it uses the rear camera of your device to display a magnified image of whatever you're pointing your phone at on the screen. 
You can zoom in or out, apply colour filters or invert the entire image. Obviously, it can be very useful for low vision users. How does it work? To enable magnifier, go to Settings, Accessibility and double tap on the magnifier option. On the next screen, double tap on the magnifier option again to enable it. Now, whenever you want to use magnifier, simply press the home button three times. If you have a newer device which doesn't have a home button, then press the side button three times. If you don't have any other accessibility features enabled, such as voiceover, then magnifier will start up straight away. Otherwise, you will get the accessibility shortcuts menu, in which case simply swipe through the options until you hear magnifier and double tap to start it. In magnifier, most of the screen, as you'd expect, is taken up by the magnification view. Swipe up or down on magnification view to zoom in or out and a one-finger double tap will lock the focus. Underneath the magnification view, you'll find some controls. There's an adjustable zoom level slider, a torch button in case it's too dark and you need to turn on the rear LED, a focus lock button, a freeze frame button, and a filters button. Double tap on the filters button to adjust brightness and contrast and also change filters such as yellow on black or red on black, or turn on invert. Pressing the freeze frame button will pause the live video and you can double tap and hold with one finger on the magnification view to save that image. Additional information. You can also add the magnifier to your control center. Go to settings, control center and customize controls. Swipe through until you hear magnifier and double tap. Now whenever you open control center, the magnifier app will be there. Double tap to start it. And that's it. That's another high speed how to well done, Sean. Thank you. Yeah, well done. Thank well you, done. Very yeah, very Thank impressive. You. Yeah, I like that. Very That's nice. Good. I um, I like to to tell people about all these other wonderful features of the iPhone. It's you know, voiceover is great, of course, for those who need it, who are totally blind, or those who are extremely low vision, but there are people out there who have got a little bit of vision who need these features, and it's important we tell people how to, to do that. So, yeah, if you've you've got an idea for a high-speed how-to you'd like Sean to do, basically to give him something to do, then uh, we would love to uh, suggest uh, more things for him to do. So for that reason, get in touch. You can email us, feedback at ami.ca. You can also call us as well. I'll give you the phone number uh, a little bit later. But first, let's go to emails because it's time, guys, to talk about the emails. Uh, we didn't get to all of them last week. Uh, Mark's with us again. Mark Aflalo, of course, my cohort on the uh, Double Tap TV show. Cohort. Uh, I think that was the right word. Is it the right word? Probably not. Um, let's say co-host for legal reasons. That's Hi, Mark. Hello. Right, let's get into the first email then this week for us. Mark, if you wouldn't mind reading them, please. This is a question regarding health from Eva. Hi, Double Tap team. Really enjoying your shows. You offer offer valuable information, which is why I'm looking for answers regarding accessible blood pressure machines. Which ones are most accurate? Are there any BP machines that work with iPhone or even Android? I would really appreciate it. any information you have. Again, love the show. Keep up the humor. That's the best part, Emma. Ah, right, okay. Accessible blood pressure. Blood pressure. What is wrong with blood me? Pleasure. What is going yeah. on with me? Your blood uh, pressure blood is dropping, apparently, pressure. very rapidly. <laughs> I think it is. Well, Tim, you're the uh, sickest amongst us. So oh, any si- ideas? that's harsh. Wow. I, well, I was sick for like three weeks, and I still have a cough. Three years. Oh, feels yes. like three years. My gosh. Um, you know what? I don't have any personal recommendations, unfortunately, because I've, I've not had to use a blood pressure monitor. Well, I was worried I was going to say it wrong. Um, however, I, I have done a little bit of looking online uh, into this, and it seems as though there are many of these. So to even just recommend one, I, I'm not really sure. But uh, where I went to is a very popular assistive technology website called MaxiAids. That's M-A-X-I-A-I-D-S dot com. And if you just do a search in their search box at the top of the screen for blood pressure, you'll get like three pages worth of of uh, results. And there were at least two of them that I remember that had the availability to work with a smartphone. There were some that had blood glucose monitoring as well as blood pressure. You had small cuffs for children all the way up to larger cuffs, you know, different sizes that you could use. Uh, so I would say start there you know, to, to you know, look and see what they've got. Again, I've not used one personally, so I, I don't really know which would be best. But there are some that do have reviews on there from people that have purchased them. So I would say take a look at that, maxiades.com. 
Yeah, you know, we were prepping all this, and uh, you had mentioned this website to me, so I popped on to have a look, and I was amazed at how many there are out there already. There are so many, yeah. Because I honestly thought the answer to this was going to be, well, you know, maybe one day we'll get one. <laughs> and there's loads. There's, well, yeah, no, and there there what's is. great is because some of them have large print, you know, readouts so that if, if you have low vision, you can still just see the readout. Some That's of right. them talk. I want to say, was there a Braille one? I might be making that up, but I, I don't remember. But I know it. Maybe I am. But there was the, there was the large print and, and the uh, and the talking and and like I said, there's just so many different really great options. I, I was very pleasantly surprised as well. Yeah, I saw a few on uh, Amazon. Just looked on Amazon, and there was a few there, and the prices were pretty good as well. So they're definitely out there now. How accurate they are, I don't know. I can't personally recommend one i haven't used one so maybe that's something we can throw out to the listeners there uh to let us know and as far as price goes i mean i was getting them of course in in u.s dollars but i was surprised at the prices as well on maxi aids because i think the the least expensive one that was for kids was like 35 dollars something like that and the most expensive one that had uh, talking ability and glucose and everything else after the maxi aids discount was like 90 dollars, which really for something like that is not bad so yeah, yeah I, 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 would, was, I, was I would very surprised at the range. Say, definitely say, but between, I mean, you can, obviously you can spend more money. There's one with a printer as well. <laughs> if you really wanted it, you can get one with a printer. What is that about? Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it, they can go from, I mean, you could go right up to $250 if, if you wanted to, Canadian. Um, but yeah, it kind of starts off around about 40 Canadian and then goes up to about 250 depending on what you want. Of course, it does depend on the features. As for the accuracy, well, it's one of those things you have to try it and see and, and ch- just check if it marries up with with what your uh, doctor is expecting. Um, of course, if you've got an Apple Watch, um, you can check your heart rate. Okay, it doesn't do your blood pressure, but at least it does tell you uh, about your heart rate. So you could use your, your uh, watch as well for some of that if you needed it. But, yeah, if you want blood can pressure. You? Is that the same thing? Are we medically trained? I'm not well, you know the same me, thing, uh, though. But no, it's not. I'm not. I'm not saying it's the same thing. He, he didn't, Please. Sean. No, I'm saying that's an I think he did for you. That if you want to track your heart rate or irregular heart rate, then yes, the Apple Watch well, is for you. Yeah. You and I know fine well, Tim, the benefits of that. Yes, we do. Function. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's important you keep a, a note of your blood pressure. There are some I know that the Apple Store sell them where you can get the the ones that connect with your phone, and, and I know that was part of the question, Eva, but. Um, I don't know if, well, it's up to you ultimately if you want that, but if you're going to keep track of it, fair enough. But if it's just, you know, because you think that's the only way to make it accessible, well, you don't have to spend the money on an app-controlled blood pressure monitor. Um, but I noticed other things on there as well, like ear thermometers as well, talking ones of those. I actually, I do have one of those at home somewhere. Uh, we do have one of those. Um, and I, again, actually, at this particular point in time, that's not a bad thing to have in the house. Um, uh, no. So, yeah, but there you go. Okay, interesting one. Right, thank you for that. Uh, Mark, another email, please. Also, on audio description, Paul says, Hi, guys. It really bothers me to go to the theater with my wife to see a movie, and that movie has audio description. I say to myself, I think I would like to buy that movie when it comes out on iTunes. Now the movie comes out on iTunes, but guess what? It has a no AD track. Two weeks later, the movie comes out on Blu-ray, and of course, it has a descriptive audio track. So it was audio described in the theater and had a descriptive audio track on Blu-ray, but not when it released to iTunes? Why? I fought with Apple over this a few years ago, then blamed it on the studio, stating they were only renting shelf space to studios to sell their movies. But why not state in the contract with the studio that if a movie comes out with AD in the theater and when released with an AD track on Blu-ray, that it should also have an AD track when released to iTunes? Correct. I could buy the movie on Blu-ray, but it's so much easier to find and listen to the movie using my iPhone or Apple TV mm-hmm. rather than trying to figure out where the descriptive audio track is on a Blu-ray. I could think of at least three current movies which I've seen in the theater now out on iTunes with no AD track. Very frustrating. Paul. Yeah. Uh, you know, I really don't want to rant about this. I think I've ranted about this more Ranty than I day. ever Ooh, could. Me. Pick me, pick me, pick me. Go for it, Tim. <laughs> Go for it. Well, this is something that I, I've been talking with some people a lot about lately and come to find out that it is as bad as we think it is when it comes to distribution and licensing because 
yeah, when Apple is talking with these movie companies, it's up to the movie company to include in that contract. We are also going to license to you the audio description track. We've talked about this a little bit in the past where they'll say, okay, here's the actual movie. Here's the, say, Spanish audio track and the French audio track. Well, then they also have to include the audio description track. And if that's not part of that contract, when they license it to be put into iTunes, then of course we don't get it. Now, Apple is, I think, to some extent, does a really good job of getting audio described content. If you search for audio description in iTunes, there's hundreds and hundreds of titles that do have audio description. Unfortunately, when you're looking for something specific and you don't find it, well, then that feels like nothing's there. You know, it's just that feeling exactly. that you get. Yeah. And, and so it might seem worse than it might really be. But but I agree if it was paid for initially by the movie company or the, or the television network and it was there in an initial release or in the theater, it should carry everywhere. And that's the problem we're having right now and, and facing as people that are blind and visually impaired using audio description. And we need to, you know, send emails to people, fight back and advocate for ourselves. Fight and say, back. Hey. Fight the power. Yes. Legislation. Exactly. That's the only thing that's going to change man. it. Apple's got the yeah. clout to put that in any films or any shelf they license anyway, any shelf space. But if the company then won't agree to that Then they contract, don't get on iTunes, which is one of the biggest sellers online the anyway. So Exactly. But, and that's what happens when you're talking about, like, international licensing. Why you guys have some description that we don't have and vice versa. You know, because when they set up the movie at first, it might have it, but then they license it internationally or, or whatever, and they don't send that AD track, which just makes no sense to me because well, it's, the it's, money it's for really it. interesting in the UK, right? Because they have yep. this constant battle at the moment in the UK over the fact that uh, apparently us blind people in the UK don't want American audio description. We want oh, British describers. I'll take whatever I can get. Well, that's my view. Yes. And actually, if I'm if I'm honest about it, if it's an American movie, it kind of makes sense to have an American voice with it. It makes no difference, does it? It doesn't it make any no difference. Way. But there, but this is a problem that is is going on. And you know, it's interesting. You mentioned iTunes uh, having a great library in the UK is a terribly small library. I mean, it's almost it's pitiful. Oh actually. wow, over here it's really good. Oh, I mean, it, we're it's talking like Netflix tens of movies. Whatever, but, yeah. I mean, we're talking tens of movies. Uh, TV shows, forget it. There's no AD on there. Um, it is it is just ridiculous. Now, when you think about Amazon Prime, if you can find it. I always think, I don't know if, if you have this in, in America, Tim, and I'm sure Canadians do, uh, but, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever bought uh, from maybe like what you would call a value store, uh, a value chicken pie. Um, oh God. And yeah. if you ever tear open that value chicken pie, I do this at home. Well, sometimes you know, rip it open and, and hunt the chicken. And if you find any chicken in it, then you, uh, well, you win chicken, essentially. Um, and that's kind of where we are with the audio that's description you win on Amazon. Value chicken pie. Well, it would be a start. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be the very least you'd expect from the chicken pie, right? What an um, analogy. So but, iTunes yeah. is just like... I'm making up a, for the last one. A, a value <laughs> store chicken pie. Thank you. Your value um, analogy. Yeah, that's right. Um, yes. <laughs> absolutely. Anyway, but we're yeah. with you, Paul. Yes, we are. We're totally with no, you. Right, Mark? Um, what else have better, we got, I promise. What else have you got, Mark? This email is regarding smart canes with mobility, Scott, Stephen, and Tim. On the subject of uh -huh. obstacle-sensing canes, you have to think about the cost being a factor. If my cane breaks, fine, I just pick up another one from Ambutech for $80. Whereas with a sensor cane, who knows what price would be for replacements. Also, the perfect solution I've got to find is the Sunu Band. I have one and use it all the time. I cannot say how good enough it is and praise about the product. May the source be with you. Right. Um, okay, okay, well... Uh, <laughs> hi, Scott, Stephen, and Tim. How are you guys? Um, oh, yeah, I got missed out. Oh, oh yeah. no. Sean, oh, yeah, Sean I got someone missed did. out. Stephen twice. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, when it comes to smart canes, though, most of the uh, important gubbings, use the technical term, gubbins. is actually at the handle end, isn't it? So, I mean, that's <laughs> the only thing. Getting childish. Right. <laughs> that's the only Carry thing on. that, that would need replacing. It's not like there's technology running the entire length of the cane. Or even it's a <laughs> okay, right? Whatever. Look, you, you, I get. I don't know. I don't know where you're going with this. So I'm saying I'll, usually I'll there's in. some sort of box that either clips onto the handle or is built into the handle, which would be replaceable on its own anyway. And yeah, thank is you. Less that was, slightly uh, to get. 
That was our correspondent for stating the bleeding obvious. Um, well, but no, you, well, we know that. Of course we know that. But his point is, I'm not going to spend all this money for it to break. And then, now what? Well, then, Got to yeah, spend another $400 saying, or whatever, no, $500 to get No, 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 you could one. replace the other sections, couldn't you? No, you can't. Of course but, you but can. Sean, a I bit think, of cane repair. Wait, What's the matter wait, with you? Wait a minute. But I think the point is, is if you go and get even the highest end cane, like he was talking about, for you know $80 or $90... Okay, so that breaks you out eighty or ninety dollars for new cane. If say a WeWalk or one of those kind of smart canes breaks, that's you know four or five hundred dollars, you have to spend five hundred dollars. Yeah, no, 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 no. Surely you can get replacement segments for one of those. But you wouldn't have you to replace the piece. entire cane. But well, the, but the, uh, oh, Stephen, I no, can't. No, you know, would, Stephen. I know. I know. I, I just, okay. we, we tried. We did try. My ball's um, fallen off, by the way, on my cane. I don't know what. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stephen, so please sorry. moving on. Um, I, I don't know what to morning. say. Right, okay. So if um, anyone knows how to, I don't know how to replace a tip. So. Um, I know, but hang on, right? So you've got the the what is it, the rollerball at the bottom? I have, yes. And it's fallen off. And now I'm assuming that means that the elastic at the bottom of the cane has gone right back into the. No, uh, no. I've just got oh. some sort of point at the bottom that keeps getting <laughs> stuck in everything and picks up litter. So you've actually now got a walking stick. I have, yes, right, okay. but it's nice. That's brilliant. Okay. Anyway, sorry, no, okay, I, I don't know. Do they no. have social right. services in England? <laughs> I need them. I think they need to, to get to you now. Uh, right, let's get another email. Mark. Finally, Wayne got in touch with us to give Sean some help. Hi, guys. I listened to Sean's great presentation on Slide to Type, and he mentioned that he wishes there was a way to change the interaction time before Slide to Type starts. Well, okay. there is a way to do this. It's in settings, accessibility, voiceover, typing, and there's a setting for keyboard interaction time. I changed my settings to two seconds, and it works great. Thank you for the great show, Wayne from Ottawa. Oh, great. Thank you, Wayne. Um, Did he just teach you something, Sean? He did, and he's absolutely right, yes. You've been owned. I have been owned, and he wasn't the first person to tell me that. I did, when I put the um, high-speed how-to on the website, <laughs> I put that information in. I did change it. So uh, thank you, Wayne. Oh, you You're changed absolutely it, also, right. you, you changed it so it would look as if you already knew. That's Correct. shocking. Yes, I didn't want to. Okay, yes. Yeah. disgraceful. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, we've got a voicemail. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll say goodbye to Mark first. Mark, thank you so much for coming and doing our emails once again. Oh, so happy to do this for you. Right, get out. Okay, let's get the emails uh, over with, and let's get into the voicemails. Uh, to the phones. Hi, this is Tiffany from Kentucky with a message for Double Tap Canada. You can play this on the show. Hey. I just listened to the episode where you guys were talking about Braille and Stephen's use of the Braille display and uh, Sean with the apps for learning Braille. And I wanted to share my experience a little bit. Cool. So I have a Braille Note Apex, which is a slightly older note taker, and I use it with my iPhone all the time. I like the idea of being able to control the phone with Braille and type in Braille on the Braille keyboard, but without having to take the phone out of your pocket sometimes. And I have one of those handheld labelers, kind of like Steven, it sounds like it anyway, except mine's the plastic version of that off Amazon. I use that a lot of times for labeling food around the kitchen. Enjoy the show. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Tiffany. Yeah, uh, good to have you on the show. Good to hear your voice. And, um, yeah, I think it's one of those things with Braille, isn't it, guys, that it's it's bringing out uh, our conversations about it have brought a lot of really interesting stories. But, again, really old tech that people are using as well. The tech in some cases. Oh, I had really one old. of those plastic, what are they, dynamo things, and it it just broke as soon as I took it out of the box. It was terrible. But then you were using it. That does not surprise me. I was just hitting things with it. Yeah, it exactly. <laughs> you should have got the metal one that I got. That's a Sorry. thing. I am learning Braille still. I'm, I'm on to uh, abbreviations now. You're on to B, are you? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> but, can, do, every, from, go, have, just, knowledge. See, Ooh, I'm learning. Listen to him. Thank Off you. Go. Wow. wow. Tim, what about you? You can say a bunch of random words. I'm impressed. <laughs> What's even- <laughs> right, come on, Tim. What about you? I took a Braille course several years when ago once right. it's still on my dresser with the 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 book and everything you've got a dresser. Oh. hang on you've got a dresser uh yeah well, someone who addresses like a... you <laughs> i wish no um you know like a, you would call it a bedside table no what would you call it a wardrobe a i don't chest know what of would drawers. you call it 
I was thinking, you know, a dresser to me is like a table that you sit at and you do your makeup, Tim. I feel like we've gone off topic slightly. That's a, that's a vanity t- It certainly table, is. I think. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, right. What were we saying? Oh, yeah. I'll Braille. learn Braille yeah, someday. Get on with it, Tim. Come Braille, on. Yes. I've got the book. Maybe I'll try again. Yeah. What book have you got? Is it the Hadley Institute of Braille? It is. It is the Hadley. <laughs> what it's called. <laughs> it is the Braille Lessons from Hadley Institute for the Blind. Yes, that's, that's the, what it is. That's what I was trying to say. Yes. Um, yes. Okay, well, uh, there you go. Right, well, we've got uh, lots and lots of uh, people getting in touch with us, as always, and uh, we are really keen to hear your uh, topics. Now, earlier we talked about Ira, of course. Next week on the show, we are going to talk about Envision glasses. Now, I'm really interested in this because... Um, we're getting to a stage where I think, I mean, it's interesting because it's almost the exact opposite of the conversation we had about Ira, where we talked about, uh, you know, a company that has tried to use glasses in this world, you know, to, to support and help blind people live independent lives. And it's not really worked out. And next week, we're going to talk about a company that's going to try and do the same thing. So is that going to work, uh, is, I guess, the question. Um, And it's an interesting one because I think the answer to this is maybe, yes, more likely for this company to get it right because they're opening it up to more people. Um, We're going to talk a bit about that on the show. Uh, So, yeah, I know that this is a topic you and I... Tim are really passionate about. Sean seems to be quite happy to skip on down the street with his phone around his neck or whatever. I mean, he's, he doesn't care about these things. My ballless cane. And no, no, no. These, these are what everyone mm. wants. These, if they come out and do what they say they're going to do, are going to be the game changer. There you go. Said it. Yeah. I know you agree with that, Tim. Wow. I'm stunned. Yeah. Oh, I can't even, I don't even know where to go with that. I'm stunned, Sean. Okay, save it for next week. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week on the show. If you do want to get in touch with us, you can uh, get in touch by email, feedback at ami.ca, or call toll-free and leave a message on this number, one 509 4545 That's one 509 4545 and uh, leave us a message. But make sure... You tell us that it's okay to use it on air like Tiffany did. Otherwise, we can't use it, and uh, we'll all be fired, and there won't be another Double Tap Canada, and it'll be all your fault. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Um, and look, you know, and, and also, this is, we've had a bit of a fun, fun about everything this week, and of course, you know, there is a very serious pandemic going on around about us as well. I can tell you, exclusively, I can say this, that, you know, if the world ends up in lockdown, we're going to be okay. We're still going to be on air every single week with you because neither of the three of us, none of the three of us, neither, none, none of the three of us either want to spend any time with each other physically. So we're all in separate places. Well, so we can continue to bring the show to you every week. So you know what? Isolation in this case works for us. Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, we're still here. We're still no here. What. Hooray. <laughs> So, yeah, stick around. Lots more to talk about on next week's Double Tap. And don't forget the TV show as well. Details on that coming up for now, though. Tim Schwartz from lifeafterblindness.com, as you like to say. And yes. uh, Sean Priest <laughs> with that strange Dracula Muppets-style Blah! thing. It's not time yeah, yet. There we Blah. go. Blah. Uh, and Sean Priest from a shed in England. Thank you. Thank you. It has been an absolute pleasure. Well, you're welcome. Don't forget to tune in to Double Tap TV every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. For more technology talk with Mark Aflalo and Stephen Scott. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.